angels and ghouls, it's time to gather round us horrifying hunter, petrified Preston, and devilish Dan crack open another cursed volume of tales from the crypt. This is Horrors from the Vault. <laughs> Welcome, kitties, to Horrors from the Vault. My name is Horrifying Hunter, and I'll be one of the three shadowy figures leading you into the dark and haunted corridors of the vault. Tonight, we're cracking open our sixth tome with Collection Completed, an episode all about the dangers of retiring, which is something that the three hosts here will never be able to do. Tonight's skin-pimpling story is about a couple with their own pet peeves. I call this chunk of chilling charnel chatter collection completed but before we can venture fully down into the vault let me introduce you to my co-hosts and guess what i actually know who i introduced first last time so what is going on petrified preston what's up guys man uh season one near completion i'm excited to talk about this finale we're talking about yeah. one six son of a bitch uh but we will get to that in a moment yeah. We'll get into it, but I do know that this has your favorite um, senior citizen actor to ever grace the silver screen. Oh, man, he's one of the best, I'm telling you. And boy, is he grumpy in this one. <laughs> he is so grumpy. And somebody <laughs> who knows a lot about being grumpy is Mr. Devilish Dan. Old man grumpy. That that describes me to a T, I'll tell you. Yeah, you're right about us never being to being able to retire. And uh, yeah, this, this episode definitely struck a chord with my anti-capitalistic tendencies. So we'll get into it. But yeah, absolutely. This episode is a strange one because while watching it, I genuinely, like, I think I know y'all's tastes. Like, okay, like a fair amount. But this episode... I, I didn't break my rule like I did with uh, Only Sin Deep, where I, I messaged you guys during the middle of it. I, this one, I was like, I'm going to wait and see, because it could really go either way. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But yeah, it, this episode was, it, it, it still is, as of right now, a big mystery to me, where this thing's going to end up for everybody. I will hold my breath then. <laughs> Um, so I did want to mention this will conclude season one, but this does not conclude our season one coverage. You're going to have to come back next week so we can do our first ever edition of the Eerie Excellence Awards. We're going to be talking about our overall thoughts on season one. We're going to be talking about our favorite bits, our favorite kills, our favorite adaptations, and then we're going to rank all the episodes that we watched this season. So obviously there's only six you know, not too much to cover, but come the next one, the, these excellence awards are really going to be 
quite the extravaganza. So I can't wait to get into those, but make sure you come back next week. You've been listening to all the other ones. So yeah, make sure you come back. You're, you're not going to want to miss it. But tonight we are talking about collection completed, of course, from season one, episode six, the final episode aired on June 28th of 1989, and it is based on a vault of horror number 25. And somebody who I know is familiar with vault of horror number 25, we got to go to Preston for the house of horror. That's it, buddy. Man, let's uh, turn the page back to June 1952. Yeah, like Hunter said, the Vault of Horror number 25. Man, oh man. So this one's, uh, you know, like many, short and sweet. I will say, I mean, I didn't necessarily do a page count on this thing, but for whatever reason, this one felt even shorter than uh, some of the other ones. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. One thing that stands out about this one is, well, first of all, there is kind of the crypt pops up throughout the story. And I don't think we've seen that throughout, you know, he's kind of narrating it as it goes along. And there's a few frames in the middle where the crypts popping up, kind of giving you some context, laying the story out. Uh, and again, I don't think that we've had that to this point from my recollection. And, uh, Let's see here. It's a little bit different uh, than the actual episode itself. And I know we're going to get in to the episode. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, in the actual series, our main grumpy character, if you will, has uh, just recently went through retirement in the story. That's not really the case. And uh, also in the story, he's a little more open about his new fascination uh, to his pet loving wife uh, than he is in the actual episode itself. He kind of keeps it a little bit of a secret. So overall, this was definitely, um, I would say a good comic entry, but nothing uh, necessarily game changing. Uh, and I guess we'll see if the episode's the same way or not. Yeah, I think the comic is fine, but the adaptation, I think this is the one that really got the most glam up from the comic to the actual show. And we'll, we'll get yeah. into it more once we start talking about the episode, but there are some large differences characterization wise, um, mm -hmm. especially with the main old man. He uh, he goes from zero to 60 in the comic, and it's a little bit more of a ramp up in the uh, in the show. Yeah, that, that was exactly my note that I wrote down, Dan. It's just that the... This is probably, when it comes to just straight adaptation, the story that's benefited the most. Um, mm -hmm. I think that the the comic, whether or not you like the episode, is, is kind of plain Jane. I can't really see it being too many people's favorite Tales from the Crypt, or in this case, Horrors from the Vault. Uh, Horrors from the Vault. I can't <laughs> see it being anybody's favorite Vault of Horror comic uh, that, that that's shown up within the, those issues. However... It, it definitely gets the bump up from the source material. And mm -hmm. overall, uh, I just I, I will say I think it's an improvement. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Well, Dan, let's go ahead and talk to you because we got to talk about the top billing, the creative talent involved. Uh, yeah, right from the top. All right, let's do writers first. Like usual, A. Whitney Brown. He is an Emmy-winning writer for 111 episodes of SNL, also a cast member. He also uh, took part in several Comedy Central series, including being a correspondent for The Daily Show, uh, co-writing with uh, Battle and Randolph Davis. Uh, Battle's mostly known as an editor, oddly enough, and Randolph Davis is mostly known for Police Academy Mission to Moscow. 
not much else. Uh, but you know who is known for quite a bit of stuff is the director, Mary Lambert. She came up as a video director. Uh, you've probably seen her on MTV if you're an old man like me. Uh, she did stuff like Madonna's Like a Prayer, Material Girl, Like a Virgin, uh, Eurythmics, Would I Lie to You? Uh, and then once we get to the more horror-centric stuff, she did Pet Cemetery 1 and 2, the original, not the remake, as well as Urban Legends Bloody Mary, which I didn't know existed until about two or three years ago, and it's not very good, but it does <laughs> exist. Uh, as far as stars go, Preston, get ready. We're going to talk about M, Emmett, Walsh as Jonas, not the dog version, the human version. Uh, Let's dog- go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is a professional curmudgeon on screen. He has hundreds of credited roles. I'm not going to get into all of them. Uh, Christmas with the cranks. <laughs> I didn't write down Christmas <laughs> with the cranks, but I'm sure you should. And you know what? You know what surprised me in a good way? He's still with us. Which I did not know oh, wow. because he has looked to be about 75 years old since he filmed this episode back in 89. Uh, but we, he is rocking out. He is 88 years old. And uh, he's, he's looked still, 88 since the 80s, too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's uh, known for most importantly, uh, Harry and the Blade Runner, uh, Dickie and Slapshop. Earl Stutz uh, voice in Iron, the Iron Giant. Uh, he's also known for working with the Coen brothers in movies like Blood Simple, Raising Arizona. And if we're talking horror, he played Harv in Critters. Preston, I'm sure I missed something that you want to talk about. So please. Oh, no, man. I mean, when I think of him, I think of, uh, you know, Blood Simple, obviously, The Jerk, uh, Critters, you know. Um, Christmas with the Cranks. I mean, Christmas with the Cranks. I mean, that's a valid point. Point, Hunter, you can't leave that out, right? The dude has just been in so much. Oh, you know yeah. what, Hunter? How What's dare up? you not bring up Snow Dogs? Oh, you already knew I was going to bring up Snow Dogs at some point. I, I mean, it was kind on. of the it was the ace in my back pocket. But since you brought it up, yes, yeah, Snow Dogs. He was in. Uh, he showed up in Home Improvement a lot. <laughs> um, of course, I think his most. At least to me, his most memorable role, which he's done a lot, but uh, his his appearance in Fletch as the doctor always uh, stuck out to me. It's funny, too. Yeah. The day after I watched this episode for the first time with my wife, uh, we were watching an old episode of Frasier before bed, and he was in that. I'm like, man, this guy is in everything. Oh, my gosh. He really is. I mean, you go through his IMDb. It's so funny because... I mean, for every year, particularly through the 80s, I mean, it's like multiple, multiple projects every single year. So this dude stayed busy. That's for sure. He's just got one of those voices, man. Like you hear him talk and you're like, I want to watch him in everything. And I love the idea of him haunting Dan's programming like the uh, <laughs> the serial killer and too many cooks. You guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, hopefully. I, I, I've yeah. never seen it, but I do know what you're talking about. Oh my god, you definitely need to watch Too Many Cooks. That's that's your homework for this week. Oh yeah, I it's need to watch that too. To review it. Yeah, it's um, a short. Yeah, yeah, that joke will make way more sense once you see it. But okay. yes, back to the man of the hour, who's just done an incredible amount of work. Yeah, you guys have really hit the big ones. I mean, the jerk, Midnight Cowboy. He's in What's Up Doc, uh, which is an mm. incredible movie. But. uh yeah, just so much good stuff. 
Speaking of good stuff, you want to talk about Audra Lindy as Anita? Of course I do. She's great. She hasn't been in a ton of, well, she's been in quite a bit, but uh, mostly bit parts. But uh, the most things she's known for are as being the terminally thirsty Mrs. Roper in Three's Company and the Ropers. And if y'all haven't watched Three's Company and the Ropers, holy shit, those shows aged pretty well. I mean, there's still some problematic stuff, but they are funny. Uh She's also played Dr. Zwychik in The Relic, and she was in 912 episodes of something called From These Roots. It's a soap opera. I have no idea uh, what it's really about or when it was on, um, but that's a fuck ton of episodes. And wow. She got paid for that. Uh, bring it, ring, or, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <sighs> Rounding up the uh, gang is Martin Garner as Roy. He was Mr. Weinstein in the Twilight Zone, the movie, and he played Miguel Gorbachev in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. That's all that matters to me. Yeah, we can we can actually close. I don't even want to talk about the episode. I would just want to go watch the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. We're just going <laughs> to sing the theme song about swinging yeah. your arms from side to side. That's right. Just remember, if you do drugs, you'll go to hell and die. I'm Captain Lou Albano talking to you about drugs. Kids, don't be afraid to say no. Anyone that asks you to use drugs is not your friend. Drugs can and will kill. Remember, don't be afraid to turn to your priest, your rabbi, your minister, your moms, your dads, your teachers, because drugs can kill. And if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. Please. You have to hang out with Captain Lou Albano. That's, oh, I mean, <laughs> you're supposed to give me reasons not to want <laughs> to go to hell and die. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, Roy, we're, I'm going to bring up Roy in my recap, but in an episode filled with, with two great actors as the, the married couple, Roy kind of steals the show, especially in the final moments. He does some shit that has me rolling. And like, I actually searched for about three, four minutes to see if I could get a gif of it. And I'm just going to have to make my own. Uh, when, once I get it going, I will send it to you guys. So you have Roy gifts on hand. I'd be more than happy to to be flooded with old man gifts. <laughs> Can never have enough, you know. Old right. man with about ten teeth in his mouth. Not go. a one of them straight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like always, we're about to dive into the actual episode, but we've got to start, like always, with the crypt keeper segment. Because guess what, guys? This is a momentous occasion, and do you know why? I'll tell He's got you a why. Pet? It's the return of the little Yoda man. Look at him sitting up on that rock. He's like cross-legged. His little feet are dangling. He's never looked smaller. He is a tiny little Yoda guy, and he's just real cute. This is probably the cutest the Crypt Keeper has seen thus far, and I'm I'm not entirely convinced he will get cuter than this actual little scene right here. He gets more animated. I don't know if he gets cuter, though. He's pretty adorable. And he's I mean, just a little guy. You want to take care of him? You're like, dude, do you, have your, do you have your name in your jacket? Do you know where you are? Can I help you find your mom? Like, he's just a cool little guy. There's something about sitting with your legs straight out rather than cross-legged, too. It just makes him all that more cuter. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm getting at. For those of you with a foot fetish, I mean, look out. He's, he's got him on full display. <laughs> Bringing new meaning to magnificent honkers. <laughs> Stomping around on skulls all day. That's right. He's, do you think he like runs around back there 
and he's just a fucking nuisance like when they're not like it, he's a child actor it's like keeping a toddler on set and he just runs around causing a muck oh, when he's yeah. not doing his line he's really professional when it comes to you know actually doing the presentation but as soon as the camera cuts he's a fucking menace you know he's back there eating airheads and like getting <laughs> sticky fingers all <laughs> over the set and everything else oh you know it you know it he is he's got demands he's like i told you no brown m&ms <laughs> like there's all sorts of bullshit going on backstage but we love him for it you didn't mention his pet dog though yeah he right pet peeves it, it bums me out i, I didn't want to bring it yeah, up yeah no okay. Well, he's not not dead. He's, I mean, the crypt keeper is dead and alive, so maybe the dog's just sleeping. Who knows? That's right. He's just Fair taking point, a little nap dude. with his eyes open. He, yeah. uh, you know, he's having a break. But yes, he does have his dog peeves. Um, good introduction. I think overall, like this intro, we've talked about some pretty boring ones recently, but this one nails the tone of the episode. The crypt keeper sounds right. I just. I didn't even focus on anything else because he's such a little guy. He's, he's such a fun little dude. <laughs> Guys, this one was a doozy to transcribe, not because uh, there was a lot for me to try to to note down here. It's just, you know, horrors from the vault and our short time together, there has been pressure placed on me where I've got to one up myself. I've got to I've got to continue to evolve and and push forward the comedy realm and this episode was tough because it is so darn funny the entire thing so really you know this episode might not be as jam-packed with detail as what we've been able to do previously like an only sin deep filled with your favorite chum lee jokes um like those are still (laughs) relevant (laughs) the year of our lord and savior 2023 but god damn it i tried my best and hopefully you guys stick with me all right i'm I'm begging you to start a storage wars uh reference in one of these oh boy you know i'm gonna make it happen i will figure out (laughs) that's your challenge yeah 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 for sure television terror the episode itself 47 goddamn years of bullshit won't get you much but it will get you a gold hammer (laughs) jonas has just retired from his long-term gig of selling hand tools and he was a 17-year regional sales leader god damn it It's a stormy night, but his wife Anita has graciously planned him a retirement party and invited all of the best guests in town, which is really just all the numerous pets that she's picked up over the years. We get so much in just this little opening sequence. We we start with this surprisingly like creepy and atmospheric opening. It's a rainy night and we're like, oh, what kind of killer is going to come to the door? What's going on? And then it just turns out to be this adorable little orange cat, which Anita takes in because she's taken in every single animal that's shown up over the last 47 years. But I I think that this is just a really fun introduction to the story that we're about to dive into. You get a little bit of that creepy, but then they make it pretty clear from the start that, hey, you know, this is going to be more of a silly one. And when the reveal happens, when she pulls back that curtain, they do a really good job of setting it up like, oh, everybody's so excited. You got to get quiet. You got to quiet down when they pull back the curtain. And it's just like a hound dog and multiple cats (laughs) in a bird cage. Like, that's funny. That works for me. By the way, by the end of this, um, we can wrap up with I took notes on every animal I could see in the frame. So we can go through the laundry list uh, <laughs> at the end. But yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Yes. For, absolutely. First and foremost, cute orange tabby Mew Mew. He's the best. 
I well, I can't wait to get to that. I mean, first of all, Dan, well done doing your homework. Um, I just love how pissed this guy is upon getting home. Oh, nonstop, yeah. I mean, it, this dude for somebody that just retired, who's never going to have to work again. I mean, he is miserable, and it cracks me the hell up. Uh, you know, his wife obviously trying to have this big celebration. He is having none of it. I'm tired. God damn it! You know, it's it's fantastic. Tries to sit on his chair and and the, and the little chew toys on there and like oh, the, cat, the cats know that's your chair. I don't know why they did that. That's why they did that because they know it's his chair and they want to fuck with him. Uh, and I just love how upset he is at that squeaky toy. He's like, I gotta look at every chair in the house before I sit down. You're right, Preston. Like he totally just captures the rage. And I don't know about you guys, but I totally have an uncle like this guy. Like 100. <laughs> percent do, do you guys have a member? Do you have a Jonas in your family? You go, Dad. I, I mean, my dad wasn't quite there, but he was—he was pretty angry, especially during the holidays uh, through throughout my my childhood. Sure, yeah, he—he he was a grumpus when he got home from work. So I don't know about Jonas, but I swear to you, and I say this with all the love and respect, I have a great grandmother still with us to this day, who uh, is oh. very much an Anita. I mean, I'm talking my great-grandmother will make her pets nicer meals than I've had in months. Let me I mean she makes her her dogs cakes for God's sakes. Um and uh it's pretty pretty hilarious. So uh I, I couldn't help it while watching this episode. I'm like, well, there's there's old granny, Miss Anita. Yeah, that's fair. How many well, animals does she have? Well, I would say at her most, she probably had, I mean, nothing, nothing like, you know, hoarding, but I'd say four to five dogs, probably. That's that's significant. Yeah. Not as much now, but, but at its peak, I would say that was, that was probably the case. I just appreciate that at that stage in her life, your great grandmother was like, God damn it. That Corey Taylor was right. People really are shit. And I'm just fully going in on the animal uh, yeah. situation here. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly yeah. right. It is funny because like, I think like whether or not this episode clings to you, like you like it personally, I think this is maybe the most subjective episode we've covered so far. Would you guys agree with that? Because like, this is totally dependent on your taste. Like obviously taste mm. is always a factor, but I feel like this is the one where either you were completely on board with it or if you aren't, this episode isn't going to work for you at all. I don't think there's a middle ground. Yeah. I mean, top of the bill is it's it's a, a comedy horror, not a horror comedy. The comedy is very much in the front of that, uh, that word double. Uh, plus, you have two actors that are known for being comedy actors just chewing the scenery, just having a great time. And it's written by, you know, SNL writers. So yeah, if you came for salacious horror about in you know, streetwalkers getting, you know, that what's coming to them, th this was not the episode for you. Yeah. It just objectively feels like a very different episode than, than we've gotten to this point. And I, I certainly don't even mean that in a bad way. It's just, you know, whether it be tonally and, and really just, kind of the story in and of itself just just feels different no one's yeah. a gold digger like the last two episodes we got <laughs> true 
and that's why it's not absolutely perfect. Oh God! Um, it's it's just not quite there. Um, <laughs> but it could be. We just needed Amanda Plummer to play both of the lead roles and Roy in or this. Or Mimi the cat. <laughs> what if she, in an what she, rolled, she rolled up to the door in a cat costume. <laughs> <laughs> she shows up in every episode. We got that, That's going to be a new segment. How can we fit Amanda Plummer? That's, into this episode like what is her I, role I fully sign off for that <laughs> uh but yes i i do think like the tone of this one is so fun because it still has that tales from the crypt cinematic quality to it but you can totally tell like it's pulling from the 80s and 90s sitcoms and like that's a huge part of its inspiration you can almost like i kind of want to hear the laugh track version of this i i did it on the last episode so maybe that's why it's fresh on the mind but i i just want to go in i want to add the hee hee ha ha's through <laughs> this whole thing and just see how it plays out true yeah, i think that's the one thing keeping it from being just a full-on sitcom is that there isn't really that laugh check like i feel that if you put those laughs in there and the end of some of the scenes that you know kind of end on a, a little bit of a dour note they're gonna be joked up quite a bit yeah so after a dysfunctional morning of Jonas dropping his glasses in the commode and yelling at Anita for interrupting his precious shitting time, he comes down for breakfast and is promptly served some oat bran while one of the doggies, I believe his name is Skip, enjoys a nice steak. We slowly realize that Jonas is a bit of a sadistic freak, not unlike those of your grandparents down here in Florida. His best bud Roy comes over and brings him a model plane kit, but he would much rather go to town on the unsuspecting shrubbery nearby. Edging near his breaking point due to a cat food tuna sandwich and a hidden pill and a brownie, <laughs> Jonas recites some passionate dialogue from Lynch's The Elephant Man. Um, <laughs> I am a human being. <laughs> um, guys, no joke. The pill and the brownie might be the funniest thing that's happened in the entire series so far. It shows how broken that woman really is. <laughs> like she doesn't understand that the pill he asked for has to be forced down his throat. However, however, to be fair, I mean, if I'm going to take a pill, I mean, hey, give it to me in a brownie. That's not a, the worst way to go about it. That's for sure. If you're going to chew that pill, though, it's going to be disgusting. <laughs> You just got to swallow the brownie hole. Right. You saw how tiny it was. Look, I would be a fit. If somebody brought me a brownie that small, I would actually, my feelings would be more hurt than the pill being inside the brownie. I'd be right. Like, Bro, right. You got to bring me the pan. Like I need to get like two of them edge pieces at least. <laughs> no that frosting moment, in that but, brownie either. Just terrible. Oh, that's dry as hell. I mean, that moment shows how just, broken both of these people are at this point i mean the woman has lost her damn mind the the the, the guy i mean that's when he just goes full-blown kind of over the top crazy yeah that's that's quite the it's quite the moment that pill and the brownie the first day at home where he won't tell his wife hey i've got to take a shit can you give me a couple minutes and instead he's like <laughs> Oh, you're going to make me say it, aren't you? Like, he is so high strung. And you can just tell this man was never meant to be at home. Like, he was meant to die on the floor selling his hand tools. And I just, I think that's beautiful. Like, that's what America's all about. Oh, that's where we're going to stop agreeing. Because, man, th this, okay, this is probably a good part to throw this in. I love the kind of dour 
view on capitalism that this episode has, where it's very, very much like, look what working six days a week for was it 47 years, 47 years, six days a week, dedicating yourself to a job that just says GTFO, you're too old. Here's a golden hammer. It doesn't even tell time. It doesn't even tell time. It kind of kills people, I guess, or kills animals probably. But that broke this fucking family because you can tell these people they're not like any of the other characters that we've seen so far in this series these people are nice they care about each other they want to treat each other nice at least before they drive each other mad because they haven't seen each other for 47 years but ideally they would like love to love each other and be a nice happy family but the bosses have broken this family up and that that i think is is a brilliant little uh, nuance that none of the other episodes have had so far. You get the full story with these people. You get the full characterization rather than, uh, I don't know, this chick is a streetwalker and she wants money, you know, but mm-hmm. sorry, had to go on my little, uh, my little diatribe there. No, I, not I, even I, a tangent. That's what we're here for. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there's a, just a lot more nuance, which is awesome that it came from, fucking sketch comedy writers and they brought more to the script and this adaptation because none of that shit's in the comic like preston said oh uh, they yeah brought more than than you know actual emmy winning oscar winning movie and tv writers i, I guess technically he's a emmy winning comedy writer but you know there's there's a lot more than just uh you know hans and franz jokes in this yeah and you start to fill in the gaps too once you realize that's kind of the message that they're going for because like Anita obviously has a very maternal instinct and it, you're just, you're just like, okay, mm-hmm. so what's the situation? Why didn't they ever have like a family or anything like that? And it just builds off of that. All she has, she says, these animals are my children. And that's all she's had. This dude's been working and assume uh, Sunday is the one day that he's off. He's probably just chilling at home doing jack shit, right? Because he's working a crazy amount of hours during the uh, week. So yeah, I mean, I guess anybody would go crazy. And yeah, start- exactly. They've been too busy to have kids, so she's had to start adopting these pets because mm-hmm. he had to work six days a week. Fucking she's got a good know. collection. She's got yeah. a, a fair <laughs> spread here, and I like that they don't all live in the house. They kind of come and go. They just know uh, Mama Anita's got me. Like She'll make me a steak in the morning, and she'll feed her husband Oprah. That dog's yeah, name is, is Skippy, by the way. I thought it was Scrappy at first, oh, but his name is Skippy. You gotta watch those. Uh, gotta watch. What does he call it? Uh, a tree rat? Those damn squirrels? <laughs> those damn squirrels? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the Edward Scissorhands work he's doing on those. Fucking Dude. Well, that's, oh my god! That's why I was like, he just yes. beats the shit out of the shrubbery in the backyard, and like <laughs> it comes back later on. But his vengeance has never quelled. Like it is running hot against these bushes. Dude, Old in the neighbor Hudson in the yard. The neighbor just like, I think you got it there. Uh, I mean, the the twig that's remaining standing out of the ground. I, you know, you got that covered. And I love later on in the episode when he goes out there to get the next bush. He's like in full combat gear. He's got the hat on. <laughs> he's got the camouflage vest. Like he is ready. He's gone to war. All right. So uh, you mentioned the neighbor. Roy comes by and visits and he offers Jonas some sound advice. Communication is key to any happy relationship, but being part of the wartime generation, Jonas simply doesn't know how to do that and instead takes his aggression out on more shrubbery. 
He attempts to go after uh, Mew Mew, the orange kitty, and he does end up taking a bath with Anita's fish collection. Oh, God, Finally, that, that reveal oh, is great. Oh, the, the fish bathtub? Yes, yeah. yes. She tries to tell him. She's like, hey, I'm washing the fish tank. And he gets in. He's so pissed off at this cat. And then we pan down, and there's just all sorts of shit. Like, it's it's a koi fish pond, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So finally snapping, Jonas finds a true replacement for his work, taxidermy. He takes it out on the bulldog named after himself and turns him into a limited edition flocked Funko Pop edition of one. <laughs> and it has glowing eyes. Guys, when the the creep factor <laughs> comes in just a little bit, because you know what he's been up to. We haven't seen anything yet. We haven't seen the taxidermy, but we're like, oh. Oh, yeah, he's he's gutted this dog. So when she goes upstairs and you see this creepy little <laughs> stuffed animal and he comes out in a fucking model train costume with his remote control so he can blink the eyes back and forth, which he is incredibly proud of this. Like, I'm I'm not convinced there's a better moment in this entire episode. You get the, the <laughs> tiny bit of the creep factor. He's obviously fucking lost it. And Anita, she immediately goes into defense mode. She's like, where the fuck is my cat? I got to find my cat. Uh, she gets attacked by a squirrel in this sequence and the glowing eyes of the bulldog. I can't stop thinking about the, <laughs> yes. the glowing like a... going ahead, Preston. Well, it's like a five night at Freddy's character for God's sakes is what it reminded right. me of. Right. Yeah, that, that's a hundred percent the part where this episode went from I'm having a great time to ooh, this just got bad because that guy tore out all kinds of doggy guts just to put mechanics oh. in there. The the amount of money he had to spend to make a remote control pit bull or bulldog or whatever that is. Oof. Yeah. It got ugly. Would you bid for it on eBay? Wait, how much money would you put down? <laughs> it's out of box, so no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> got a ding used. that's right yeah <laughs> um i do love you're not gonna touch mew mew that's uh, my quote of the episode i love that you're not gonna touch mew mew <laughs> <laughs> so obviously anita at this point is like wait a minute all the other pets what's going on like i said she finds a squirrel under the bed which i just appreciate that jonas was either working in the bed on this thing like she's reading a book and he's doing taxidermy on the squirrel and she's not paying attention or he knows she's going to run upstairs and look under the bed for one of the animals so he's just placed a squirrel out of spite like your redneck uncle that just <laughs> wants to spook you when you're four years old um she's running around and she's like where's all my animals so she obviously mew mew is priority she's got to find him she goes down to the basement and jonas is holding mew mew and he's like hey this is the final final little piece and everything will be completed we see all the other animals he's got every single one of them except for this orange cat and anita she fucking snaps. She grabs that gold-plated hammer, the one that does not tell time very well, smashes him across the fucking head, and we cut to the next morning. And the next morning, we are in the living room having a great day. We're watching Lassie on the TV. It's a beautiful, sunny day. And then Roy comes in. And Roy's like, hey, how's he doing? 
what's what's going on i don't know why i'm using that voice again but (laughs) we're gonna roll with it that's pretty close that's pretty close you got the lisp and everything he's like how's he doing and then she's like oh he's he's really he's really softened up and then we cut to the most disturbing (laughs) voodoo (laughs) taxidermy that is 100 percent like that image is what makes this a Tales from the Crypt episode. Everything else, you oh, could yeah. almost put it in like a Halloween episode of another sitcom. Like you would tone it down just a little bit, but you could put it in any sitcom or like a Goosebumps or something like that. But him with his eyes pulled open, stapled back, he's got the the voodoo <laughs> stitching around the face. That is what makes this a Tales from the Crypt episode. And it is glorious. I, I joked about Roy's reaction here, but his <gasps> is possibly the greatest reaction gif that I could make. And I'm immediately working on that as soon as we finish <laughs> this episode. So that that voodoo weird face with his eyes bulging. I, I spend a lot of time on IMDb, obviously, for my part of the show. And that is at least two or three parts of the page. Like this giant plastered above above yeah. next to the title and like above the where all the photos start. And like, Jesus Christ, this thing's everywhere. And it's so disturbing too. It's the one that uh it's for the DVDs as well. It's uh it's oh, the wow. one that they use for this episode. Cause like reasonably what else are you supposed to use like what other image and that's why it's it's what seals the deal as far as this being tales from the crypt but yeah. you're right there is something very unnerving about it and there's some great yeah. like force uh 4k like upscales out there of this thing and it it looks good it definitely looks better than the the party city halloween store prop that we saw in only sin deep a couple of episodes ago <laughs> uh, man you know what i think what makes it unsettling is i mean they really focus in on this thing you kind of get it from afar then we kind of get that zoom up to it and it, it really is just unsettling and then of course you have um you have the wife uh, anita just just smiling away, just, you know, just as happy as ever. And, uh, you know, having a conversation with her dead husband, obviously. Um, yeah, that's that's great. And I'm so sorry. I, I was distracted because I literally paused it on that reaction, Hunter. And that yeah, that is the greatest damn thing. Isn't it? It's oh, incredible. It's um, the it's, best. It's all I've thought about for the last <laughs> week while we've been trying to plan this episode. Like, I had to go back and uh, re- uh, like I had to go back and and watch the whole episode again because all i was thinking about was his fucking face <laughs> we can't go on without mentioning the animal and flower pink suit that he's wearing too because you know she had that in the uh, closet just hoping to give it to him one day and have him wear it and she's like well i guess now's the time now that he's a dead dummy i can stuff him in that suit yeah and then also talking about suits roy's fucking pimp wear right in this, this scene like that he's showing up blue? like he, He's ready. He's down to swing. Like he's here to party. <laughs> he's got an upside down pineapple on his front porch. That's for sure. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Wait, is that a, is that a swinger sign or something? Yes. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yep. Gold what? shoes and pineapples, my dear. Why? Why pineapples? I know. I don't know. No Swingers fucking are fucking clue. weird. <laughs> you don't want to share your wife? Come on. <laughs> How's he doing? Oh, Mickey can sit in the corner and watch now. <laughs> Cue the reaction. 
Every episode of Tales from the Crypt needs the fucking all through the house scream. Yes. Is that her getting Mrs. Roper getting railed, or is that like uh, (laughs) a reaction to what Roy's dick looks like? All right, so we're almost (laughs) we're almost done with this episode, but we do have to close with our uh, closing Crypt Keeper sequence, and in this, I wrote in all caps for the first time, standing little yoda man golem looking motherfucker because (laughs) i like this is one of those that is just you know it's so self-indulgent they're like yeah we can make him stand and he's just like he's behind a wall so you know the puppeteer is behind him just holding his drunk ass up and maybe that's because he is so sugared up on the airheads backstage or whatever but i was like i don't know if i like this but I think I do. I think I do like it, but it is weird. You know, it's, there's at least three or four just bearded, sweaty guys back there smashed against you. That are trying to make <laughs> right. it look, look natural. <laughs> trying to make it look fake. <laughs> go, go. Trying to make it look fake. <laughs> Frat boys are pulling up. They're going to kill them. Oh, man. All right, guys. Well, it's time to pay our last respects. Preston. I introduce you first. Why don't you go ahead and give us your final thoughts and your severed thumb ranking for Man, this episode? This is tough because God, we've had so much fun covering this episode. Like, I don't feel like, I don't know. I could be wrong, but as, as we continue to go, time will tell, I guess. I don't feel like this is going to be like one of my top tier episodes, like of the series, so to speak. I mean, I do think it's, kind of in the middle ground as far as this first season goes for me. But what what stands out about it is just how damn fun it is and how funny it actually is when you really read into this stuff. Um, so, I mean, definitely watch this episode. I mean, there's no question about that because it's just ridiculous on every level as you've attained from hearing us talk about it the last half hour. You know, oh, man, this is tough for a rating. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it three and a half severed thumbs out of five. And and that feels, I kind of want to give it four, but I, I feel, I feel three and a half. I feel like that's uh that's good. And we're cutting that thumb long ways as always. Cut that thumb long ways. That's, mm-hmm. I've never heard it described like that. Can I ask, can I ask my sandwich artist to like do that for me? <laughs> hey, <laughs> Next we, time? We, we've established that before. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. It's That's just vertical. the turn of phrase of cut that thumb long ways. <laughs> hey, 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 Subway, cut that thing long ways, okay? Yeah. Isn't that how they're normally cut? They're not cut sideways. <laughs> you wouldn't get well, any meat in the sandwich. You just get two giant slices of bun then. I want them I want them to cut it in the worst way possible. Like, right. I want that sandwich to be a fucking ass to eat. <laughs> just chopped up. <laughs> it's gonna be like Jonas's pee hole, apparently. <laughs> oh, God. This might be the first episode I actually have to edit somewhat. Oh. oh. We've earned too much trust to betray it now. <laughs> All right. Well, devilish Dan, final thoughts and your severed thumb ranking for this week's episode. Do you want my list of all the animals before I rank it or after? You know what? Let's go ahead. Give us the give us the animal list first. All right. So this is the best I can get because the editing is a little weird. So sometimes it seems like they might be different animals or they might be the same. But here's what I got. So 
<clears throat> this is not counting any figurines or statues shown. This is actual live animals. And this is also assuming that everything we see in the episode is part of her menagerie that she owns slash takes care of on a daily basis. So we have two small white birds, one scraggy cat, a tuxedo cat, a brown dog, a tabby cat, a bulldog, a Benji looking dog that I believe his name was Scrappy, but then I found out his name was Skippy. A parrot, <laughs> at least nine goldfish, two parakeets, one crow, another bulldog. That one's name is Jonas. Uh, four koi, four darker fish, a squirrel, Mimi the orange cat, and then ones that we don't see alive but in the basement are a goose, a pit bull, three ducks. Uh, raccoon, another squirrel, a pigeon, two rabbits, a big old spider, at least two snakes, uh, a third squirrel, but he called it a chipmunk, and that makes 46 animals. <laughs> squirrel, but he called it a chipmunk. He did. It's very, he called <laughs> it a chipmunk. It's very obviously a squirrel. That's true. He talks about the amount of bones in his feet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. All right. What a lineup of animals. Like, fucking Noah's Ark in there. Yeah. Uh, as far as a rating goes... <laughs> I think Preston's way low on this. I was almost prepared to give it five because I had an absolute blast with this one. Uh, I can see it. See, I felt guilty. Like it's a, it's a blast. No, it's fair, man. These two were having a great time. All three cast member, main cast members were having just an absolute blast chewing that scenery, playing with the the animals. Uh, But I'm going to end up with 4.5 because I feel there's got to be at least one episode somewhere down the road that deserves a five that I like a little more than this one. So four and a half severed thumbs. I respect it. Man, I kind of wish I went first now because I am the lowest this week. I gave this right at a three and it's not because I didn't enjoy it. I think that just the tone for me didn't work as well as it did for you guys. And I still liked it. I had a kick the three times that I watched it. However, I just, I I don't know. Like it it didn't resonate as one of my all time favorites. And to give it a 4.5, like (laughs) that's really high praise. And I mean, like, yeah, if it connected with you that way, then completely it's justified, but that's like top tier. Like I, I can't see this beating out, dig that cat or the uh, mm. you know the other two first episodes which is kind of what i also based it off of see it's so, that yeah. nuance that nuance too that i was talking about that's what really sent it up like oh, you know, it was a blast to watch but then once you start thinking about it, you know what there's a lot more to this than just gritty characters elevated horror head ass Elevated. <laughs> let's talk about donnie darko again a24 directed the shit dan let me ask you did it, is this an episode that you had seen prior to us covering it or was this pretty new to you uh no a couple of years ago but i didn't really remember that much about it okay um, and i don't remember seeing it as a kid at all okay yeah, this one might as well has been a fresh watch for me because I don't think this is never one that I ever popped in on the DVDs. And I'm sure I saw it at some point on one of those late night chiller watches. But otherwise, yeah, I this was pretty fresh to me. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Horrors from the Vault. Grab your pets. If it's a cat, tell them I said, if it's a dog, tell them I think that that they're great and they're a good boy, good girl, whatever they prefer. Um, But more importantly, I just hope that someday something makes you react like Roy seeing his best friend all (laughs) stuffed up on that couch because it really will stick with you. 
I want to go ahead and thank my co-host for joining me tonight. Preston, like always, thanks for being here, man. And if the folks want to keep up with you, where is the best place to do that? Dude, wouldn't want to be anywhere else, fellas. This was a blast as always. Yeah, man, keep up with me over on Letterboxd. That's kind of where I'm at most days, as are these guys, too. Uh, at Preston967, you can find me over there. I'm on Twitter as well on the same handle. Preston Green on Facebook, you can reach out to me. Yeah, we're a little bit all over the place. Dan, thanks for coming in with the animal count, you Noah-looking man. I appreciate you like always. Where can people not only keep up with you, but the show? Uh, me personally, you can check out my big gray beard and my fat orange cat on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Blue Sky Threads. That's Call not a lie. I have a, <laughs> I, have, I, I have a gray beard and a big orange cat. He does like lasagna, uh, and I don't know how he feels about Mondays. Probably, probably likes them. Uh, but uh, all those socials at Red Right Dan, if you want to reach out to the podcast, like a lot of people have been doing uh, lately, uh, you can get us on all the normal socials except for Facebook and TikTok at Horror Vault Pod or Horror Vault Pod at gmail.com. I just want to take a minute to say thank you to all those who have taken the time to leave us an iTunes review or uh, reach out on one of the social media platforms about the show because it's it surprised me just the reaction that an older series like this has gotten. Like it, it's been awesome to connect with people and see that tales from the crypt is not just something that us three weird guys want to talk about for <laughs> two hours every other week. Like it's actually something that people remember and they, they hold on to. And once we have enough, like maybe we'll try to read a couple of those iTunes reviews because you have some really interesting stories. I just saw one where somebody was talking about like, listening to the podcast takes me back to those late nights at grandma's house when I should have been asleep and I was watching tales from the crypt instead. And nice. it's stuff like that, that I think is so cool. So just thank you for leaving feedback, continue to reach out to, uh, to the show on its platforms. Cause we definitely want to hear all about, uh, your favorite tales from the crypt episodes and how you came across it. And hopefully Real you're enjoying quick. the show. I will say I got a message today uh, from a listener that said they weren't familiar with Tales, of Crypt, Tales from the Crypt beforehand, but uh, are now, and they're loving it. So that's, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. I love, love to hear it. If you want to keep up with me, the best place to do that is right here, of course, on Horrors from the Vault. You can also hear me on the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights, Grim Grinning Hosts. Please go check out Grim Grinning Hosts. I just spent four hours editing a great movie ride episode um it is on your feed you can go check it out miss that ride loved that ride you can listen to me on disorder every disney film you can also follow me on letterbox at discount vincent price and then finally i would like to recommend you to check out i would like to recommend you to i think that's a phrase right anyways go check out pangolin at pangolin fl pop punk band they did our intro it rocks you definitely should go check them out and then also all of the other shows on the neo zaz podcast network thank you for listening to horrors from the vault crypt keeper let's get out of here
And your depraved souls were satisfied to the macabre cause. Beware, kiddies, because the next time you dare to venture into the vault, you might not come back at all. <laughs> Right.